Welcome to the Hello Someday podcast, the podcast for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. I'm Casey McGuire-Davidson, ex-red wine girl turned life coach, helping women create lives they love without alcohol. But it wasn't that long ago that I was anxious, overwhelmed, and drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. I thought that wine was the glue holding my life together, helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hey there. I've got some big news for you that I have been not so patiently waiting to tell you about. After six months away, my super popular completely free masterclass is back and it's better than ever. I've been working on it for months. So if you have been struggling to get sober momentum, please go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class. You can sign up for my free training, Five Secrets to Taking a Break from Drinking, even if you've tried and failed in the past. In this 60-minute masterclass, I am going to share with you all the things you need to stop doing because they're setting you up for self-sabotage and what you need to start doing instead. I am giving you the steps and the mindset shifts that I go through every day with my private coaching clients, and it is completely free. So if you are sober curious, if you've been thinking about taking a break from alcohol, this class is going to set you up for success. I promise you it is worth your time. So hit pause on this episode, go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class and save your seat. Hi there. Today I'm talking to one of my favorite guests, Kate Bailey, who is an ICF accredited trauma-informed integrated sobriety and behavioral life coach specializing in sobriety, holistic well-being for women in midlife, perimenopause transition, and stress management. Kate co-authored two books, Love Yourself Sober and Love Your Sober Year, and is the co-founder of Love Sober. You might remember Kate and her partner at Love Sober or co-author of Love Yourself Sober and Love Your Sober Year, Mandy, who were on my podcast in episode 47, talking about Love Yourself Sober, a self-care guide for busy moms going alcohol-free. So if you want to check out that episode, you can go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash 47. But today we're here to talk about Kate and Mandy's book, Love Your Sober Year, 
And Kate, I'm excited to have you on again. Hi, Casey. So nice to see you again. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And we were lucky enough to meet in person at She Recovers Miami, which was awesome because we knew each other before from the podcast and sobriety world. I know. And I've just got these memories of us dancing. I've got a great selfie. I don't know oh, if you took it. I don't know if I've seen it. Dancing. Okay. I will send it. You need to shoot it. it to me after this. That would be awesome. It's so cool the way you get to meet really awesome women in all different countries in sort of the sober and podcasting world. So that's mm. so cool. All right. Well, today we're here to talk about your new book, which I love. It is, first of all, absolutely gorgeous. And I love the concept of the book in terms of the different seasons of sobriety and how to walk women through what to do at different seasons of the of weeks within the season and times of year. Because I do feel like it really helps whether you're stopping drinking in the spring or the winter to have something to ground you and to kind of be like, okay, this is the season of recovery. Yeah, it's the tools, aren't they? They're tools for, like you say, grounding and some structure and context. And Mandy and I, we just, as we went along on our sober journey, I was very aware that things feel very cyclical. I mean, life is cyclical. We orbit the, and I'm going to go, what do we orbit? Do we orbit the moon? Do we orbit the sun? <laughs> but that whole, this, there are the, the seasons are cyclical, the days and nights flow into each other, touched by transition spaces of dusk and dawn. We are these seasonal beasts, these seasonal creatures, and I feel like that there is a need to update the sober toolkit to accommodate that, whatever that season is, like you said. Yeah. And tell us just to start about the book, about why you created it and why you created it in the way that you did. Mm. Yes, we have always been really passionate um, when we set up Love Sober to, and in our own sober journeys, to honour the kind of female uh, journey, the female experience. And I've certainly, I'm coming, I've been about nine months on this, on the sober path, uh, sorry, nine years on the sober path. And certainly when we were, when I was starting out, it very much felt like there was still the old kind of recovery language. And it, it just didn't, it didn't speak to me. It didn't vibe with me. It didn't, I felt like it was too masculine in a way. Yeah. And written by men for men a million years ago, right? So we, we, we've talked about this. So I have always felt like it needed a gender piece. It needed this kind of, yeah, female sense of of what it is to be living as a female in the 21st century but also we're kind of with our the more I've gone on it's almost like without ancient physiognomy the idea of the fact that we experience things somatically we are cyclical beings we have our periods our menstrual cycles and we go through periods such as motherhood transitions we go through to perimenopause and menopause transitions and it seemed to to me and, and Mandy that 
There was a cyclical sense. There were also trigger times that were cyclical and there were difficulties around those. So, for example, when you have, when you transition into motherhood, the, the mental health issues and drinking can spike. The same with perimenopause and menopause. And so we said, okay, well, there must be, there must be something in, there must be something in this. And so if we get to grips with the cycles of life and the seasons, and we can call out the difficulties, we can also celebrate the strength of those um, and and the joy of that. So it's like, if we've got the tools, we can thrive. In essence, that's, that was the idea behind the book. And also it was lush, right? You know, like autumn, I'm looking at the leaves, I'm looking at the beautiful leaves, I'm getting the knitwear on, and it's like, oh, it feels rich. That's the thing that we want sober life to be a celebration and to be rich and for me a real routine for that is nature the season and the senses I think that's so important in terms of your identity piece too one of the things you talked about that resonated with me is they're the seasons of the year and there's also sort of seasons of our lives and I know there was a big difference between when I was in my early 20s and dating versus late 20s and living with my now husband and then as a couple, as a young mom, as someone transitioning into her 40s. And one of the things I always talk about with my clients is you are able to evolve and you should evolve. Like looking forward to something and transformation is exciting. You get to decide how you want to shift your identity and what's powerful and positive for you. And I think grounding yourself, especially in early sobriety, when it's so tender, and also a lot of it is trying to figure out what to do with yourself week by week, what to look forward to is really helpful. When I was looking through the book, I really enjoyed how you talked about sort of spring being about restore and growth and preparation and the foundations and reignite being summer, rewrite being autumn, talking about release and maintenance, rewriting the stories of your habits, which is such a great time if you're a mom, if the kids go back to school, even though my kids are in camp all summer, like it's so hectic, every day's different that getting sort of when you talk about rewriting the story of your habits and behavior and sustainable tools, I feel like that's so much easier to do when you've got some more of a routine. And then rest in winter, talking about reorganization Mm -hmm. and contemplation and resting in order to integrate wisdom. I mean, I think that's so good and so important and just the idea of contemplation as we lead into the new year and thinking Mm -hmm. about what we want for ourselves. When I was drinking, I used alcohol to calm my mind, to relieve anxiety and to sleep well at the end of a busy day. I didn't know that alcohol actually spiked my stress hormone, increased anxiety, and as little as one glass of wine a night reduced my sleep quality by 24%. I was really excited to find Tanasi, a better way to find calm, rest, relief, and to reduce inflammation. 
Tanasi creates the highest quality, scientifically validated CBD and hemp extract products. Tanasi's formula includes a unique combination of CBD and CBDA in every dose, which is two times more effective than just CBD alone. So if you want to create a sense of calm, to calm your mind, to relax before bed for a great night of sleep, try Tanasi. Tanasi's being really generous with our listeners. You can go to Tanasi.com and use code HELLO to get 25% off at checkout right now. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code HELLO and get ready to sleep well. Mm, And it's so important, isn't it, to respect that rest piece because we're not encouraged to as women, but we're also, there's that kind of produce, 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 go, 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 24-7 piece, very linear, like high dopamine, high reward, go, go. And it's like we are all living like with frazzled nervous systems. Yeah. And we have to. We always said, I think it was Mandy who said, you've got to respect the ebb to boss the flow. Yeah. <laughs> and that's such a great phrase. And it's like there is so much wisdom in the cycles of nature. It literally shows us how to behave. It's only kind of society that kind of gets in the way. Yeah. And I think that sort of reclaiming the winter, you know, obviously going into that winter season through through the autumn. And how many clients and um, people I see on soap forums are so worried about that frenetic pace towards Christmas. You know, obviously in the States you've got Thanksgiving, then you've got Advent, you've got Christmas, you've got New Year. And actually we are supposed to huddle, we're supposed to connect. But we also are supposed to be resting. It's like, I was talking about, we have a rich history in Europe of, of that kind of feasting in midwinter. But maybe it would have been like one thing. It wouldn't have been like Christmas dinner, office parties, night out with the mums, then doing yeah. all the stuff with the kids, take them ice skating, got to take them to see Santa. It's too much. And we get really depleted. And if we get depleted and we get triggered, we're going to, try and dial down our nervous systems right like we're gonna drink to try and take the edge off or celebrate or fit shoehorn ourselves into having that bit more energy and yeah. actually our bodies are kind of going you know what well, nature is resting we need to hear we need to slow down and respect that to hear the wisdom if you like our wisdom yeah yeah and you know what's so interesting as we're heading into winter when this podcast is originally released, I wanted to dive into that a little bit. And as I looked through your book, it was really interesting to me because I just created a sort of bonus course in my sobriety starter kit about going through your alcohol-free holiday season and figuring out how you want to feel this season what do you love to do? What is, what do you look forward to every year? What triggers you? What's hard to get through without drinking and figuring out how you want to look at this season in a new way? And as I look at your winter for your journal section, you talk about that too. What do you want to feel this winter? What matters most to you? When do I feel most 
happy, calm, and joyful. And that's one of the reasons I love talking to you because I feel like our approaches are really similar in terms of how to approach life without alcohol in a really positive and joyful and nurturing way, even though we know that the process of giving up alcohol is difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I agree as well. I did. I had a really salient point and it's completely gone out of my head. Yeah. And it's so important, isn't it? That, like you said, that reframe it. But reframe for me is like the mindset is is really important. But we've got to have those more kind of bodily somatic stress. Yeah. Talk to me about that for the winter. Yeah. Okay. So what we realized is that, so going sort of slightly pulling back back the aperture a little bit, we looked at various behavioral models. So there's a kind of almost like a theoretical framework to the book, which pulls on different models and behavioral models. So we've got the We've got the behavior change, the Petrusky-Declementi pre- you know, so model um, of the addictive behaviors. So you've got like pre-contemplation. And we say that's what starts before. And then you've got contemplation, which is like in the, in the, in the spring when we're starting to kind of think about some of these things. And then we've got, you go through to action, you go through to maintenance and you go through to release. And then hopefully, if you're working with that and you've got the right support and you're evolving with that maintenance piece, you're not going to then relapse or go through mm-hmm. to do recurrence. There's that side of it. And then we looked at, like we have in the book, like the panarchic cycle, which is the cycle of nature. We looked at that as well. That is that kind of growth, spring, exploitation, I think they call it, then maintenance, release and rest, death and regeneration. Mm-hmm. So we've got that. And then we looked at the stress, you know, the or the fight, flight, freeze and fawn responses. Yes. We looked at those. So we felt that so we looked at fawn in, in spring because it felt like quite it felt like Bambi in the spring. <laughs> that kind of how we might adapt and not stand up for ourselves and what might be happening in the form response then in summer summer's full of energy and vim and vigor so we're maintaining that and we looked at the fight response is in that then autumn we looked at flight like the leaves falling and then we go into winter which we looked at the freeze response as well we were trying to pull together the essence of some of the different models and that very much goes into the kind of somatics piece of of what's happening how is the stress showing in my body how am I dysregulated and then what tools do I need to soothe to rest and for me the tools around somatics in the winter could be simply like yes there's rest sleeping more yeah. There's also diary as weapon of choice, right? So it's like literally block, block out of the diary coming off your deck. You almost need to create a woman cave around yourself to stop the madness as far as I'm concerned. So you've got this kind of theoretical approach, but then you've got the kind of journaling tools and the, and, and the kind of more bodily sort of, yeah, tips and tools for, for resting and restoring. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, it's interesting because you're almost teaching in the book each season 
something that could be applied at any time of the year, right? Dealing with the freeze response, how to respond to that. And I assume part of that is because there's so much to take in at any one time in terms of everything from habit change to the body, to psychological, to coping mechanism. Is that right? Is that why you sort of broke it up? It is. Yeah, exactly. And there is sort of cycles, mini cycles without with a bigger cycles. For example, you might experience freeze response at certain point in your cycle, your menstrual cycle, and you're having that throughout a 28 day cycle, not just through the winter. So, but it was almost like pulling together, yeah, the sort of sense and the essence and filing it, if you like. So Mm -hmm. you can definitely like dip in and out. You could use it chronologically, like you say, throughout the year. Or you can just think, what am I feeling like? What have I got a sense of? Am I feeling really freaking activated and angry? And it's like, right, go to summer. You'll see the index and you can can pop into summer and you can read that, that those tools there. Yeah. If someone buys this book, how do you recommend that people move through it? Should they start at the season they're in? Do you like some other way? Mm, I would. I would start at the season that you're in. I would also say this isn't necessarily a quit book. This is more like if you've got sober time and you want that piece of personal development or you want to dive a bit deeper this is it's not really the early habit change mindset boot camp talk yeah. that sometimes needs to happen you know you look where it's all that psych ed and that like this is where it costs and you start paying in sweat and some of the quitlet is really like that it's like let's cut the bullshit and let's just be really clear about it yeah so this is much more that kind of holistic supporting you on your sober journey if you've got you know, I've had a friend who's now six years sober. She's just like, she's feeling a bit flat. She's like, I love it. It's for wherever you are on the sober journey. And to answer your question and not go off on my tangent, like I tend to do, I would, so I would use it how you want, but it's a great way to, 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 to treat yourself to something. Um, yeah. If you want to feel kind of, well, if you want to feel cozy in the autumn, yeah. Like dive into autumn. Yeah. Go go large on autumn, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I think is that I think it's so important to keep moving forward no matter where you are and find things that keep you grounded and bring you those small joys. I mean, I remember when I stopped drinking in February, I went to the gym often because they had a kid's club where I could put my kids in for two hours and went into the hot the hot tub and they had a steam room. And that for me was really lovely to have that sensory quiet experience. I got to the spring and I joined a group of women who were all alcohol free on a Facebook group. And we did like a photo of the day where for each day of the month, there was a cue like green or in my kitchen or whatever it was. And that was really lovely because I was suddenly looking around with the green shoes I had on and taking a picture of them in the gravel and looking up at the trees above me. And it sounds silly, but I like the way in your journal, you really kind of give folks something to focus on. Like 
in week two of the spring, you talk about setting your intention and seed wishes. And I just think that you almost always need something to look forward to for continued growth. So regardless of if you're in month three or year three, habit, ritual, learning, doing something for yourself that's outside of work and home, it's so useful. Yeah, I love that. And and thank you for bringing up because I think that those setting intentions and seed wishes is a real kind of theme throughout. And that is the point that I was going to come back to what you were talking about earlier about your resource that you created for the holiday season, because it's, uh, this is about intentional living, right? It's about clearing the space, calling time on alcohol, and then setting about saying, how do I want to feel? How do I want things to look? And it's about intentional living. And like you said, the way that we can do that is intentions, reflections, yeah, the journaling, being aware of our cycles and our stresses and being kind of present and mindful to see the joy and the beauty. And so there's this kind of mixture of kind of pull back, focus in, pull back, focus in that I feel that, that the seasons and the rhythms, the bigger rhythms of life offer. Because we can say, wow, it's a beautiful day out there. And then we'll notice the dew on a leaf. (laughs) And it'll be like if I was hungover, I would not be thinking about that sparkly leaf. That's for sure. (laughs) So it is, it's like bringing those, that that attention to the the sort of treasures that are there, you know, and how freaking lucky are we to be able to see them and feel them. Enjoy totally. them. And I remember. And it doesn't when... feel like at the beginning, does it? No. It doesn't feel like that at the beginning, but we have to be encouraged, I think. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, those. sort of like the beginning, let's be clear, is just about not drinking and physically taking care of yourself and navigating all, every new situation without alcohol and figuring out what you think and what you're going to say and all that kind of stuff. And then after I went through that, my second phase was just, okay, I stopped drinking. I now have all this sort of extra empty time and space. So how do I want to filter in new things to fill that new interests, new anything, books, hobbies, exercise routines? My year two of sobriety was all about joy. Like I was just doing, I got kittens that were adorable. I mean, little Siberian tabbies at 12 week old. I mean, they were just pure love and going on trips that were just really fun and redoing my bedroom to be this sanctuary space and building out my garden, right? Year two was all joy. And for me, year three was about like growth and transformation. Like I was like, you know what? I don't think I like my digital marketing corporate job. Maybe it's time to go back to coaching school. Maybe it's time to do whatever. And I love how you do that for people in this book in a seasonal weekly way in terms of exploration, but in also a really gentle space. Mm. Oh, thank you. And uh... 
Yeah, I love that. And I do think things land differently, don't they, as well? Because you can go around a revolution. Yes. You can go through, you can read some information and you can read it again two years later and it lands totally differently. Yes. Because we are constantly sort of evolving and adding and adding things in. And I, for me, <clears throat> like you said, because this this evolution... I very much need patterns and structures and mm. rhythms to ground me. And they're like sticks in the sand so that I can. It's almost like if you put, if I was doing personal, like I did train as a personal performance coach, but if I was doing personal performance coach speak, I'd be like, that's a way of managing progress and tracking progress. Right? Yes. <laughs> Which it is, right? And why should, but, but it's a, it's kind of a very, what's the word? a sort of a very it's almost like a sensual way of, of relating it is to that sensual like that's what I was trying so like, to yeah express in this book I mean it's visually beautiful and you anyone listening to this you just have to look up this book and it is the official title love your sober year is that what it's called it is no, I've got it here oh it's beautiful got a and yeah, it is it is very it's very tactical. Like it's, it's blue. And on the cover, there's all these sort of gold inlay of the moon and the stars. Like it does feel very sensual with all the drawings yeah. in it as well. And it's very feminine, which I love and it sort of is. ethereal. It's almost like, like, so the blue and the gold remind me of, have you ever seen that sort of Byzantine art, like yes. in cathedrals? You have yeah. the lapis with the gold. And I would say it actually feels really precious, like precious and practical. And they did such a great job. Illustrators did a beautiful job. And and I think our sobriety is precious and we it should feel precious. Yeah. And I haven't seen many books out there that actually reflect that. They're really brilliant, informative, badass yeah, all the rest of it, and actually, we're really. I'm really. I'm. I really do love this book. Yeah, I'm really proud of it because I feel like why it's almost like yes, we did good. You yeah, know, it feels like beautiful. a reward. And in <laughs> each in each season, you go through sort of the 13 weeks of the season, and then the equinox or the solstice and ritual mm -hmm. and reflection. But you also go through in weeks one and two and three, sort of the similar categories or practices or areas, but for each season has a different piece. So you talk about cultivating sober space and then yeah. bossing your environment and then stress cycle and the art of social and ritual. But in each one, it's different in terms of what you sort of dive into or think about in the winter versus the spring versus the fall, which I love. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I don't know about you, but I cannot believe how fast this year is flying by. We're all busy, but one of the most important things you can do to make sure you're on the right path is to carve out some time to celebrate your victories and to notice what you've wanted to change but haven't been able to yet. Whether you're navigating sobriety, setting boundaries, or striving to be the best version of yourself, 
Therapy can be a game changer. Therapy is for anyone looking for growth and support. And if you're considering it, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's convenient, it's flexible, and it's entirely online. So take a moment for yourself and visit betterhelp.com forward slash someday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash someday. Yeah, it did. And we wanted to do that. I mean, the way Mandy and I work really well together because I tend to just write, I'm like, think she would say I'm really creative and she's very practical. Mm-hmm. So I would come out up with all the ideas and then she would say, well, that's a theme that would go with that theme. So cycles and sobriety, yeah, week three, cycles and sobriety, week three, summer, cycles and sobriety, week autumn. But we'd look at the different ones that felt like they fitted with the vibe of the season. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. And yeah, and there's a ritual section. There's a school of life section, which might be deeper reflective tools that you can add in and also the emotional toolkit we've got so um in the spring understanding the hunger trigger so it's hungry angry lonely tired for those the so the anger trigger in the summer yeah i can't see it in the but yeah so the lonely trigger in the autumn and the tired one in the winter so we just broke down the yeah hungry angry lonely tired to see what season it fitted with yes Yeah. yeah And so is this meant to go along at all with your Love Yourself Sober book or is it sort of a a completely separate toolkit? I personally feel that Love Yourself Sober was a real sort of creed occur for moms. It was like, you know what, let's call let's call BS on all this stuff. So it was very much to do with that early stressed out motherhood piece through yeah. the sober lens and that's what it was called right it's called a self-care guide to our colleague for busy mothers yeah. this one is my friend that just just got it and she was six years sober she doesn't have children I feel like this is a, a real every woman book and it also very much speaks to that kind of 40 perimenopausal going through that transition yeah when we are a bit more reflective and when we need to go through another transition. So I would say it's really perfectly placed. It kind of reflects where I'm at in my life, where Mandy is in her life. You just kind of write from where you're at at the time, don't you? Yeah. So I'd say we've we've moved on a we've moved on a little bit from 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 that from that early motherhood ra yeah. to something a little bit more reflective. No, I love that. That's beautiful. Was there any part of this work that you felt like was more important than another? I feel like it's important to say that. So this is very beautiful. As we said, it's a beautiful book. It's a book lover's book. But in the when we wrote the the after the aftermath, whatever it's called, the postscript. Yes. We felt it was very important to say because you can get into that sort of competitive spirituality and beatification of of life. And essentially, all of this is about resilience. It's about, we talked about tools, intentional living, watching our stress levels, having 
beautiful stuff and treating ourselves like the goddesses that we are. But it's essentially about self-leadership and resilience so that we don't go back to drinking. Yes. Now, when we wrote this, we wrote this by the side of a Brexited Europe and England. where It was COVID. It was like we're personally what we went through in my family we had Mandy's these bereavements there was redundancy in my I mean literally it was like all the a hailstorm of so shit show of what was really it was <laughs> dumpster <laughs> it fire was the in a shitstorm of whatever oh, it really was and we said we used every it looks beautiful we used every single one of these tools in the book to survive the last two years as we were writing this book. So we just wanted to to lay that one out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And one of the parts that I love is the sensory toolkit. And for those of you who, of course, do not have this book in front of you, in different sections, it talks about soothing, self-soothing with sensory toolkits. So sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, but also what are some of the tools, whether they are essential oils and specific ones or taste, different tastes that that help or touch. So stroking animals, cozy knits, blankets. I have to say my entire family, I my absolute favorite is this ivory mink faux fur blanket that's so warm and heavy and we joke about it because when I get under it, like I don't move until I have to go to the restroom, like does not happen. And so we have, let's see, three, one on my bed, two downstairs and my son and daughter keep stealing it. And it is, I was like, okay, we need to get another one for Christmas because it's ridiculous, but just that cozy blanket. And it's very sensory because when we drink that sensory too. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, the sensory toolkit is is lovely. And you don't necessarily need a million things. You just no. need the things that work. So for you, your blanket, I, it's identifying and being curious about that, you know, what lights me up, what soothes me. And I had a similar thing. We could go into all the chemicals in the brain. Yeah. Earlier, but essentially, I found out really recently, I have yoga bolsters, you know, those big fat bolsters that you use in in yoga for restorative yoga. I don't know why I put it in bed, but I had it in bed with me. And I realized that my poor husband, right? Is your husband like, what the hell are you actually building a wall (laughs) between me and I'm actually building a wall. No, I'm going, I'm perimenopausal. It's like, how clear do I want to make this? No, but. And I found that if I put this yoga ball on the outside and I have my back, (laughs) I have it on my back. If I have things against my back, it's incredibly soothing. Soothing. And I drop off to sleep like a baby. So it's something about having things, it's a proprioception and it's against my back and it is what I need. You know, I need someone to be stroking my back or a bolster against my back and then I'm like a little kitten myself no that that I totally get that and I know for some people it's weighted blankets to just feel that soothing and I've talked with sleep experts on the podcast talking about how a cool environment with a warm blanket is the type like you actually want it cooler than you think as long as you're warm to help you sleep well it's it's so interesting to me just 
we think that drinking helps us relax. And there are so many physical ways, whether it's a bath or a shower or candles, smells, that you can truly sort of nurture your senses, which helps your nervous system that aren't going to leave you with anxiety and crap sleep and a hangover. That's right. And it's so empowering. It's, It's very good for our confidence to know that we've got practical tools to use and knowing the ones that work, I think. And and like you said, that a lot of this, the dis, lot of women are drinking because of dysregulation in the nervous system. So yes. to have tools, like obviously we can work different ways, but part of that outside in self-care and those external resources we can use really do. They're doing that, oh, that you, you know, that I used to think at the end of the day when I ran towards that, that glass bottle, straight bottle of wine. And it's like, okay. Of course, you're going to still want that. That's you wanting to climb down through the gears. Again, transitions, right? From busy, busy work to trying to come into a more resting state. We're going to have to move. We're going to have to transition. So we need tools for transition, which are some of those sensory ones in a a walk or getting out in nature, your blanket, my bolster. Whatever. And it's it's about experimenting, isn't it? And being curious. And then when you find that thing, oh, it's so empowering for people. And yeah. it's a relief, right? It's like yes. it's a relief. I don't because for ages I was also there was this kind of narrative that somehow you have to sit with your feelings. And I'm like, why would I want to do that? I want to feel better. So it's not about just having to go, right, I've just got to sit here, be miserable, sit with my feelings. It's like, actually, no, what what I prefer is I have a need that I need to identify. Yes. And then I need to meet that need. Yeah. I always say that if you want to drink first hunger, right? Are you hungry? But after that, it's like, why? What are you feeling? And the work is to identify it and then to soothe that or meet that need in some different way. Like that's the work. That's the work, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it's good work because we get kind of lazy with drinking. It's like bored, mm-hmm. angry, happy, whatever. It's just easy button is drink, drink, drink. And yeah. there's a whole universe of ways to meet your needs, yeah. physical, emotional, all the needs yeah. that you just how need. exciting is yeah. that? Yeah. And yeah. I, I must say, if someone had said that to me in my first couple, couple of few weeks or months of sobriety, I'd just be like, oh, yeah. what are you going funny. on about? What are you going on about? You know what's but, funny? I was talking to one of my clients the other day and she's a couple months sober and she's like, I just want that dopamine hit. I want that buzz. I want that that excitement. And we were brainstorming and she was like, we were like a roller coaster. And how you just hit that like deep, like just rush and fear and joy and whatever. And she's like, well, there is a six flags about an hour for me. So she's going to go there and ride the roller coaster. And I'm like, amazing. Do that. Hi there. If you're listening to this episode and have been trying to take a break from drinking, but keep starting and stopping and starting again, I want to invite you to take a look at my on-demand coaching course, the Sobriety Starter Kit. The Sobriety Starter Kit is an online self-study sober coaching course 
that will help you quit drinking and build a life you love without alcohol, without white knuckling it or hating the process. The course includes the exact step-by-step -step coaching framework I work through with my private coaching clients, but at a much more affordable price than one-on-one -on -one coaching. And the Sobriety Starter Kit is ready, waiting, and available to support you anytime you need it. And when it fits into your schedule, you don't need to work your life around group meetings or classes at a specific day or time. This course is not a 30-day challenge or a one-day-at-a-time approach. Instead, it's a step-by-step -step formula for changing your relationship with alcohol. The course will help you turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You will sleep better and have more energy. You'll look better and feel better. You'll have more patience and less anxiety. And with my approach, you won't feel deprived or isolated in the process. So if you're interested in learning more about all the details, please go to www.sobrietystarterkit.com. You can start at any time, and I would love to see you in the course. Amazing. Was that or skydiving, but skydiving felt a bit much so, yeah. and more expensive. <laughs> so Six Flags is fun. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And it is, it is. And it's, I think it's really empowering. I mean, in the, we do it in the book, we talk about the neurotransmitters and the dopamine, the serotonin, the acetylcholine and, and all of that, that stuff. And I think it is very, it's very gratifying to to have that proper good quality information that kind of psycho ed and then the feel good factor of how we get it and that more sort of sensory like we said sensual approach in so we've got yeah. the idea we have got that sort of the, the head knowledge and we've got the body knowledge and we've got the heart knowledge mm -hmm. that we can work with because we need all of it don't we yeah yeah um, absolutely and it's interesting too i feel like for me and it's actually before you even stop drinking. I mean, you it's so funny for me. Like you have work, you have life, you have vacations. And then you always kind of go into a period where you're really, at least for me, was focused on something. I mean, when you think about like wedding planning and then you go buy a house and then remodel the house, right? I mean, you just dive into all the things and then having kids and raising kids and now I find myself like I just bought all this stuff on calligraphy and learning how to do calligraphy because my kids need to learn how to do script. So I thought it would be kind of fun for me as well because my handwriting's terrible. And then I reconnected with my guitar teacher who I took lessons from for five years, but it was 14 years ago. It was before my son was born. And so just this weekend, I was like, yeah, let's do it again. And so I feel like just all of those habits and interests and things like that are really helpful and they do go in cycles. So I feel like this, this book encourages people to start something small and tactical just for you. Mm. 
Yeah, it is. And it's that sort of so creating space, creating space and slowing down. And I think when we do that, we've got half a chance. And, and also, if we're not doing, we've got half a chance of, of getting a sense of how, what we want. Yeah. What we want to fill our time with or what we want to explore. And I love that. It's like that Mary, the poet Mary Oliver, that, that quote of hers. It yeah. says, let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. And that for me is, is, is there, you know, that's so at the heart of it. Of yeah. It. Yeah. The big it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And so in a lot of this book, you talk about, weekly for your journal and different topics to write about in your journal are are women or anyone reading this book just getting their own journal and this is a companion piece to it yeah maybe the the journal will be the next project that we'll do with our publishers but for now yeah just I would suggest I like the idea of the morning pages I've got quite a few journals so I like the idea of whether you've got the weekly, the reflections, the journaling prompts. There's also a section in there that's that's around the moon, the moon cycles mm. and the different moons of the year. Now, I find moon journaling really lovely. So setting, setting intentions on the new moon and reflecting on the full moon. Right. Will you tell because us about that? Because I know nothing I, about the cycle. Yeah, I'm... It sounds really woo, but basically 13 moons in a year. But I like woo. If the I, lunar I'm calendar is like the 13. Okay, so the, the, the lunar calendar is this 13 months. The solar calendar, the Gregorian calendar, as we know it, it's the 12 months. But so for the moons, obviously you've got that if you're interested in all the, the woo stuff, it's got the links with the feminine the mother, the maiden, the crone, and all that. That's it's a very sort of, that was it's traditionally in loads of different cultures. That's that's the female parts of the masculine solar part, right? But for me, on a purely practical level, I find setting intentions and doing reflections every day too much. I find it onerous. Mm-hmm. In my week, I even find it sometimes sometimes it is a bit hit and miss, but a rhythm rhythm of the moon is a bi-weekly one and I see a more overarching narrative with that that helps me it suits my the way my I work to be like I look back at two weeks so I was setting the intentions at the beginning then two weeks later you've got a full moon so you reflect on it and then you decide what you're going to let go of and then you sort of release it and then you're into the new moon again and you're like okay so with the new moon you've got the energy growing what do I want to bring forward? What do I want to focus on this month? And I just find it really works for me. You could do that. There's a bit of a section in the book about that. Or there's just the more kind of weekly, we'll look at a topic and then we'll just reflect on that and we'll do some exploration about that. And it's really about like what works for you. Have as many journals as you want. Have a moon journal, have a sun journal have a weekly journal, <laughs> have a have an angry journal where you just write all the stuff you don't want anyone to read and then burn it. Just yeah. like, go, go mad with your journaling. Well, and I love, <laughs> by the way, if anyone's listening to this and they've had journals for years and I've had clients who do this, who look back and are like, oh my God, 10 years ago, five years ago, I was writing about how 
I need to get my drinking under control or I'm worried about my drinking. I just want you to pause for a moment and imagine how lovely it will be to have a journal filled with all these exercises and forward looking and reflections Mm -hmm. that are not about being angry at yourself or braiding yourself that you, you know, you're, you're sad or disappointed or scared or whatever. So I think that's a really lovely new cycle to start because I can't tell you how many women have told me, oh my God, my journals for years are Mm. this endless cycle of self-defeating. Time for a new cycle. It is time for a new cycle. Time for a new cycle. Yeah, and it's It's nice to have a guide. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that yeah, that's a really good point that we really recognize the sort of downward spiral and the negative spirals. But that, like you say, this is a way to work with positive, positive spirals, positive cycles and seeing your patterns in a, in a nurturing, positive, positive way. And God, you're so right. You are so right. I still have hold on to a couple of my old ones just. Yes. Just cause. Yeah. Just cause. A good reminder. Yeah. That you but I don't do want to dwell there. Yeah. But not do dwelling not. there. It's mm-hmm. not worth it to go back and that life is better. Even when you quit drinking and life's not perfect. Like you said, the between COVID and just regular life and family mm-hmm. and marriage and, you know, politics yeah. and everything else. But it is it is really helpful to ground yourself in the things you can control and shifting habits and changing behaviors in a self-care way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's almost like that just, you've just made me think that I suppose where, where I'm thinking about the book and the tools and the, the lovely, the beautiful and the gorgeous that there is, it's like, when life is good, we have the clarity and the intention and the tools to really thrive and love it. And when the shit hits the fan, we have the resilience to ride it out. Yeah, I love that. Well, so if someone's listening to this, anything you want to make sure that they take away from this conversation? It's mm, a good question. I think, I mean, in terms of general sobriety if like if you're if you're sober curious for example keep that curiosity and keep trying things just keep trying things reach out get connected and kind of know I think okay I think I've got it I think it's about hope I think hope is so important and whether that's people lend you hope because you see people further down the sober path and you think oh actually it will get better and every one of us, I tell me if I'm wrong, but every one of us has thought, yeah, they can do it, but there's no way I can. Oh, there's yeah. No way I can quit drinking. And yet you do, and you get that, you get that one day, and then you find that tool that works, and you find the people you vote with. It's just that don't, don't give up hope. Just, just keep going, keep trying yeah. if it's hard. And then, yeah, then you get to, you get to share your hope with people, you know? Yeah. And keep adding tools and support and resources Mm. and new practices because there's not one of us who I know this is true for Kate. I know it's true for me because we've talked about it, who hasn't had 
many tries where mm. it didn't work. And then one, one day you just put one foot in front of the other and keep going. And suddenly it's seven, nine years later. I mean, I know we mm. both had a period of time alcohol free and then went back to drinking. And if anyone's listening to this, don't do that because <laughs> keep yeah. adding tools because all I did was yeah. delay, delay feeling better and moving on to the growth period of life. But if you have done that or you are doing that, don't think that you can't succeed because both Kate and I had that experience many times. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to share how people can find you and follow you and all about your podcast? Yeah, sure. The easiest way to find me is at lovesober.com. And there are courses. There's a small community, but I do run courses and one-to-one coaching there. The way to find Mandy is mandymanners.com. So you can find out what she does there. She does, that's her coaching site. On Instagram, yeah, it's just Love Sober. Lovesober.cic on Instagram. Facebook page is Love Sober. Yeah, so, but really the easiest way is the website. And then the books you can get from wherever you get your books from. By the time this podcast comes out, it will be available in the States and it's already out in New Zealand and the UK, so Australia. Yeah, I can't wait to get my physical copy. I pre-ordered it ages ago and it's so beautiful. I don't buy every book, but I wanted to have this one. I can't believe we've not sent you one. I have to get the publishers to send you one. Yeah, send me one and you I'll give it away. pre-ordered already. I pre-ordered it, yeah, but I'll, okay. I'll give away an extra copy oh. to someone I love. Cool. Yeah, I will do that, definitely. Okay. Oh, Very cool. Well, thank you for being here. This has been lovely. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hello Someday podcast. If you're interested in learning more about me, the work I do, and access free resources and guides to help you build a life you love without alcohol, please visit hellosomedaycoaching.com. And I would be so grateful if you would take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast so that more women can find it and join the conversation about drinking less and living more. I'm Madeline and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips i'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so so inspiring i'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking in fact it's very much the opposite and no matter what your relationship was with alcohol life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober new episodes come out every tuesday you can listen to happiest sober podcast wherever you get your podcasts